Thank you for double-clicking your mouse tonight. You're listening to the Midnight Frightcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Everybody, welcome to the Midnight Frightcast, episode number 79. I am one of your hosts, Josh. Sitting around the campfire with me tonight, is, as always, is the Scream Queen herself, Maddie. And you're muted. We can't hear Maddie. She was just there, I swear. She's, um, I, see, I, I see her. It shows that you're muted, Maddie. Maddie, you're... She was, yeah, she was a chatty Cathy earlier. There she is. No, she's nope. not muted. Uh-oh. Uh, this is, oh, yeah, this is kicking off. Awesome. Um, way to go technology. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to come back around to the screen queen. I'm going to go to the doctor of filmonomics, Greg, the movie guy. If we're around a campfire, I was promised s'mores. I'm sorry, man. I can't give you everything. And the doctor of <laughs> everything else, Patrick. Hey everybody. How's it going? Oh no. This is, this podcast is going to suck if we can't hear Maddie. Maddie, try dropping out and joining back in. You got it. Give me a second. Oh, wait a minute. There you are. No, no, no. Okay. Okay. You're, good. You're good. Touch okay. nothing. Do nothing. Uh, I think... Clean herself, Maddie. Don't move. Don't move. <laughs> I think I think Aldo stepped on my um, cord and pulled it slightly out of the computer. Yeah, that crazy dog. I know. He might need to go to his crate at some point during this, but I, I think... Hate I hate it when your cord gets pulled out slightly. Yeah, me too. <laughs> okay, so we're going to jump right in tonight because people are on a time constraint. We got to go. So we're going to kick right back into what we've been watching, and we're going to start with the movie guy. Greg, what have you been watching? Well, it's been a week, and really not a lot outside of my normal spinning wheel of things I always, always watch. However, I did stumble upon a couple different things. Um, on Netflix. One was a show I've been interested in called Middle Ditch and Schwartz. It's a uh, an improv comedy show, which is completely improvised. Uh, I've caught a couple episodes of it. These guys are fantastic at what they do. Uh, absolute comedic geniuses. Love watching them. Just, you see the, the evolution of their, of their stories come out right on stage. And I know that sounds really fucking stupid, but it's that's what it is. It's just complete comedic genius right in front of your eyes. And they do a, a great job of doing that. So check that out a couple episodes. And then also binged a series called absurd planet, which the best way I can describe it is, do you guys know the, the talking funny animal bits that they do sometimes on YouTube, like daytime, nighttime? No, but anybody, no. <laughs> okay. That's a, it's a bit that they do. Basically uh, it's, it's comedy, uh, a, com- a comedic nature show. Highly recommend. It's funny as hell. Check it out. So those are the two things that I've been watching. Cool, uh, Patrick. What have you been? Uh, what have you been watching? You know, I haven't really been watching a lot. Of uh, started watching last week or so. Netflix show called Ozark. I mentioned it last week. Still binging that a little bit. And instead of watching things because we had two movies to watch for today, I've also been doing some reading. I restarted Firestarter which uh, I read super long time ago, and I'm kind of revisiting old Stephen King books. Uh, So that's good. And then also in the mail, I received this book called 
Men, Women, and Chainsaws by Carol Clover. And it's pretty awesome. I mean, it's kind of dry reading uh, because it's a, it's a, uh, it's nonfiction, but it's by the woman who pretty much coined the phrase final girl. And basically she talks about the male gaze and all that other topics associated with how men and women are portrayed differently in horror films. And I'm Maddie, I think you would really like it uh, once I'm done with it. Yeah, I was going to say, can I borrow that when you're done? <laughs> oh, definitely. definitely. <laughs> was that, that, was, that book was recommended off of the, the Women in uh, Horror, the Women month. Horror podcast, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. very cool. Yeah, That's very it. Cool, Maddie. Again, since we had to watch two movies this week, I didn't watch a whole ton. I kind of have gone down like this weird YouTube rabbit hole, and there's this um, YouTube channel. I think it's called Smash Tam. But uh, it's not what it sounds like, and I know what I normally watch and have brought up before on here, but that's not it. It's, like, all paranormal stuff, and, like, yeah, it's beyond the worst thing. It's just kind of, like, I don't know, but it's been killing my time lately, but it's kind of great. <laughs> Smashed ham? Smashed ham, yeah. Smashed ham, Got it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's on YouTube, not Red Tube. Oh, <laughs> never mind. Red tube. YouTube Red. <laughs> cool, is that it? Yeah, that's that's it. Cool. So, a couple things I stumbled upon this week that are new on Hulu. There's a there's a section on there called HBO Unlocked. There's a show on there that, that I've been wanting to watch for a while, but it's on HBO and I don't have that. Bill Hader is in this really great show called Barry. Yes. Barry is awesome. I just started watching that with Elizabeth on maybe Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. It is the best show. It is really, really, it's it's crazy addictive and really hard not to binge. Um, the shitty part right now is there's only two seasons on Hulu. So that's as far as, and that's only eight episodes a season. So that's as far as we can get. And then we don't get to watch anymore. I don't know how far they're actually into the show. I think they're only into their third season right now. Okay. That show, like, Bill Hader wrote it. He created it. He's, like, the guy behind that show, or one of two guys behind that show. It's so good. It's. I mean, I recommend that to anyone that has Hulu and can get in there and watch that show. It's really it's just really good. So there's an interview on YouTube between uh, John Mulaney and Bill Hader, and at one point in there, they they dedicate a large amount of time to how he pitched and is writing and directing Barry, and it's really interesting. So if you have a chance yeah, the, to catch that, the cool thing at the end of every episode is they do like about a three or four minute thing called inside the episode. Mm-hmm. So you can go mm-hmm. back and and kind of talk about. Uh, he talks a lot about being in the writer's room and just kind of how the episode came together. So all really cool stuff. Check it out if you have Hulu. It's really great. I watched – so last week I I picked a movie for our feature tonight, and Patrick had already seen it, so I chose a different movie. So I just went back and watched it on my own. Um, so I peeped out Satanic Panic this week. Patrick, you said you didn't really think it was as, I, as good. I, I wasn't a huge fan of it. Yeah. I uh, am kind of there with you a little bit. I, I mean, I liked it maybe better than you did. It, it was definitely super hyped. But I think that's probably my issues with it, is that yeah. I, I expected more out of it. It was enjoyable enough, though. It was definitely worth, uh, you know, watching through one time. Uh, there's a lot of fun stuff in there. So 
Um, I did that. And then based off of Greg's review last week, I just finished watching The Platform. Um, Ooh. So um, I I'll be interested to hear out. your thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you can... I just realized, though, that's Patrick's movie this week, correct? So I'm going to let t- Patrick go and then I'll maybe jump in. Excellent. So that's pretty much uh, what I've been watching this week. All good stuff. Um, and since we're uh, going right into Movie Swap, we'll just do that now. Greg and Patrick, you guys want to go first? Sure. Patrick, Which, do you want to Rochambeau? I'll, I'll just say that uh, why I picked the movie I did for you. Okay. All right. So picking for Greg is almost as difficult as picking for Maddie. And sometimes it's because I feel like I have to play with kid gloves with Greg and with the look on his face is like, guys, you can stop doing that now (laughs) because things don't bother me as much as, as you think they do. But I had actually picked out two movies uh, for Greg. And the first one was Daniel isn't real. And the second one was the one that he ended up choosing, which is loose, which is a German film. So it's German with subtitles and also Spanish with subtitles. So that was kind of interesting. So, but the reason I chose that, uh, because he and I talked about it a little bit on which of those maybe he'd want to go for. It's a little bit more on the artsy side. And from the writing side, I thought it was really, really interesting. And I knew Greg as a writer would probably dig this. And that's why I I leaned towards Luz for him to watch. Greg, what do you think? I 100% agree with you. This was definitely an artsy film. My first impression of it after going through was it felt like it was a student, mainly because the shots in this were visually stunning, beautiful, beautiful shot, beautifully shot movie. Um, the atmosphere was there. The thing, the only thing that was missing was the story. Mm. I, I, for some reason, I just, I could not get into it. I don't know if it was how the story was told or what the situation was or what the characters were doing, but there was just, there was no substance for me in it. It was purely like staring at a piece of art for three hours or hour and 20 minutes. Hour and 10 minutes. 10 minutes, excuse me. Which wasn't a bad thing. I mean, watching the shots were really, really cool. And that's kind of why, what it led me to believe that it was, it felt like a very student film because it felt like all the shots were really textbook and what they were trying to show, how they were showing it, the different types of shots. It just, the, the story was just, it was lacking something for me. So it was, it was good wasn't one of my favorites, but I, I'm glad to have seen it. Um, I, will, I will say something positive about it. One of my favorite parts of the movie was the, uh, the hypnosis section right in the middle where they're bringing uh, Luce back into the scene and she's driving the cab and she's fake smoking the cigarette and all of a sudden the real cigarette appears. And then the person in the back of the cab appeared. That was just a really cool, well done scene. I really liked that one. Yeah, so. I, figured, I figured of all of it, that would be the scene that you would appreciate the most because of the writing there in how they handled... Mm-hmm. All of that. Exactly, exactly. I was, it was weird. Like, I saw her, she lit the fake cigarette. I was like, okay, she's in hypnosis. And all of a sudden, she's smoking a real cigarette. And I'm thinking, did I miss something? And then the person appears and like, oh, I see what's going on. Okay, we're good. Continue. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I haven't seen a lot of German horror movies, but the ones I've seen actually kind of, I'm sorry, the ones that I've seen have kind of... Um, <laughs> gone along that lines too they were all really well shot but there was just something missing and they weren't as deep as i would have liked them to go so i don't know if that's Mm -hmm. just kind of the german horror style but it's not my favorite (laughs) and it's tough to really nail this down as a a full-fledged german film because they flip-flop between german and spanish the whole time 
that that really was kind of weird because I understand a little bit of Spanish, and so you pick up on it, and then they switch over, and then they switch back, and yeah, and and, think, and they had a German interpreting from the Spanish into German, and yep. then you had the English subtitles, so it was this really strange juxtaposition as a person who only understands English watching it. <laughs> Greg, you there's, and I yeah, should watch. We should watch this together because I understand a little bit of German, so we both could have like just picked that. Up. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Was there a horror element to the movie, Greg? Like, what was the... There was. No, there was. Uh, uh, the synopsis was it's uh, a lady who's going into some, like, hypnosis state, or they're investigating her um, because they feel like she's possessed. I won't go too That's much it. more into it yeah, if okay. you want to watch it. it. It's more of a yeah. supernatural horror. Okay, cool. And it's an hour ten. It's probably worth the watch as a filmmaker. Uh, yeah, sure. it, yeah, again, it's beautifully shot. Definitely give it uh, a shot. It's definitely worth a one watch. Visually stunning. Don't set your bar too high, though. Very cool. And then, Greg, you picked for me? I did. I picked the movie The Platform, which dropped recently onto Netflix. It's actually an older movie. I think it was 2019 when it came out. Um, it is a, a Spanish movie. I, I picked it mainly because I – not that I don't like anybody else's views on – or how they review movies, but I really appreciate Patrick's style and how he looks at movies. Very in-depth, very detail-oriented. He goes far beyond where most normal people reviewing films would go. And so I wanted to get his take on this movie because it is, it's it's uh, social commentary, most of all. But it was, a, I felt it was a really done, well-done horror movie. So Patrick, what do you think? Well, you totally set me up for failure, so thanks for that. Um, oh, God. <laughs> This is a movie that hit my radar a few weeks ago. Uh, my son-in-law had suggested it to me. And it was one that I actually considered for Maddie to watch, but didn't. I hadn't seen it yet. And when I did, looked at the reviews, it wasn't so much on gore as it was on, like you said, the social commentary. I wasn't sure what to expect on it. I knew the premise. And the premise is basically uh, a big hole in the floor where this platform full of food starts at the top and works its way down. And it was basically seeing how much food people would leave for the people below them if they cared. But what would happen is at the end of every month, you would be moved to a different floor. And you don't know what you did during that month that would either move you up or move you down. So we don't know what type of experiment was going on or if it was a form of punishment. Each person that went in was allowed to carry in one item with them. And the smartest people went in with weapons because then they could defend themselves against the person next to them. Or if they're on like one of the bottom floors, when the platform gets down to them and the platform is void of food, they could then kill and eat the person that they are sharing their cell with. So that was a really, really interesting concept. And then you throw on top of that, sometimes people just got sick of it and jumped into the hole and committed suicide from what we understand, there's like 100 levels or 150 levels. And then it comes <laughs> to find out at the end, there's much more than that. And people just are not leaving food for the people below them. They feel that if they were on a lower level and didn't eat much once they got to a higher level, then they totally jumped in and ate as much as they could because they finally had it. And nobody really got the idea that there was actually enough food on this platform for each person to eat. But everybody was so greedy and gluttonous at the top that they didn't allow that. And I don't know how much of a social commentary more than we're just selfish fucking pigs or if it was an idea of, you know what, socialism really works, but nobody's giving it a try. 
did I enjoy the film very much so I thought the writing was really good it was subtitled in English uh, because it is a Spanish film the acting before you go on before you go on yes did you did you watch the the English overdub or did you watch it Spanish with English subtitles Spanish with English subtitles thank God okay continue yes and the acting was fucking phenomenal it was really really good and there was some supernatural in it where people who had died come back to talk to the people I don't know if that was so much supernatural it's just he was the, the, the main character was so much out of his mind that he was just seeing him in his head. But it was a really, really good movie. I think it runs about an hour 40-ish. A little over an hour. Hour, hour 35. Yeah, but it's, it's a good watch. I really liked it. Yeah. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, good choice. Josh, what, would you, what were your thoughts on it real quick? I mean, uh, <laughs> the movie might be too smart for me. But besides what Patrick said, I thought all the characters were really well written. I really enjoyed the relationships that our main guy had between all the different kind of roommates, I guess he had. Everything was really well written. So I really appreciated that. I did not, I watched the English dubbed version. So I don't know if I missed something or whatever. That's the only version I found on Netflix. So I you, you can go into the, the menu. Um, oh, you can select yeah. different versions of it. And I, it's, it's a personal preference for me. I, I don't like watching overdub. It just it throws it out because the the mouth oh. mimicking doesn't match. I, it just it bothers me. So yeah, well, and either. then you also miss the inflection from the original actor. Right. You can get the gist of what he's saying from the translation, but you never really get the interpretation. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And then it kind of lost me at the end a little bit. I didn't really like. I don't know. Maybe off the Zoom we can I, I can ask, but like the end yeah. kind of lost me, and I was like, wait, what? What did I? What did I miss? Yeah. And at the end, I also wondered, you know, when she was going back up on the platform to the top, at that Mm -hmm. high rate of speed, she was just going to get crushed. I didn't understand that bit, but... Gotcha. But yeah, I I, I was trying to figure out if I missed something in there. But like I said, every time that old guy, that older character came up, like, I appreciated all the scenes that he was in. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would, considering there was no real horror element to that movie at all whatsoever but i just enjoyed it as a movie just as a film by itself mm-hmm. um i'm glad i watched it yeah as towards being a horror movie it's more of a horror of the situation than it is an actual horror, horror. movie there is some gore very yeah. little but right. there is some but yeah I, I enjoyed it a lot more than i thought i would so cool yeah maddie maddie and i picked each other's films I'm just going to go first, Maddie, because I think you may have enjoyed yours a little bit more than I enjoyed Hobo with a Shotgun. Um, <laughs> Is that the one you picked? I was going to say, because I had picked two for you, and I said, oh, do whatever. What, what was the other one? Devil's Backbone. I told you oh, to yeah, watch that, either one of them. <laughs> yeah, that was my bad. I went with Hobo with a Shotgun. I probably didn't pick the right one. And it's just, like, not my type of street trash. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... Like, I like Rutger Hauer. I think he's really, really a, a great actor. But at the same time, I was like, how far did that guy fall or have to fall to make Kobo with a shotgun? Because he fell way fall from the, the, the platform and smashed on the ground to do that movie. And here's the thing is I've been doing this thing where, like, I wait to the last minute to watch the movie swap movie just so I, I can remember as much as I can for this. And I started it way too late last night, and I was dozing in and out. And I would wake up, and some weird shit would be happening, and I would be like, what the fuck is going on right now? 
Like, I would have no idea. And then I doze off again. So that movie is an hour and 25 minutes. I may have seen 40 minutes of that movie. I, I mean, I was dozing in that. I, I started it way too late. And that is not a late night film at all. It just doesn't move fast enough for me to, or to keep my attention. But instead, the, the little bit I did see, I was just like, I had, I had no idea what was going on. So, That's fine. I watched the entire movie at one point, and I still had no idea what was going on. <laughs> okay, well, then that's good. I, yeah, mean, like, I, I, I understood the concept. Like, I totally understood the concept of, uh, of, the, of the film. I was just like, I don't get it. Like, I don't get the point. So I apologize for failing you on watching that one. Devil's Backbone probably would have been the better the better choice. Oh yeah, you would have loved The Devil's Backbone. It's so story driven and I know that's kind of your thing. I kind of picked Hobo with a shotgun because it is kind of a weird mess and I thought if yeah. any of us was going to like it, I thought it might have been you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I said I I may not have get, given it a, a fair enough shot uh, yeah, to judge to judge that movie. But yeah, so that's my really, really dog shit shitty review on Hobo with a Shotgun. No, that movie, um, that movie's just kind of a thing. They kind of just, I watched it a really long time ago, and I think they just made it to be weird. Yeah. It's just kind of one of those movies that's weird for the sake of being weird, but I think it's kind of a good time. Like, if you were, like, balls deep in a tequila bottle, I'd say, yeah, go watch it. But... Gotcha. Well, speaking of street trash, I picked Wolf Cop for Maddie. Um, Did you say Wolfcock? Yes, I said Wolfcock, which I think you actually might see in the movie Wolfcock. Um, you do. So, oh. yeah. Maddie, uh, what did you think of Wolfcock? <laughs> Wolfcop, C-O-P. I, I'm this... saying Wolfcock. <laughs> okay, Josh, have you seen this movie? I have. have you seen Wolfcock? Yeah. I thought this movie was fucking magic. Like, I loved the shit out of this thing. It was very Dear Woman for me, and I fucking loved Dear Woman. But I think, because I normally don't really like horror comedy very much, but I think this one was just kind of, like, gritty enough and dark enough that it kind of got me so no this movie was a ton of fun and yeah there was dick in there so equality that's why i picked it i figured yeah (laughs) um no i loved this movie i had a great time watching Uh, it they did make more than one of these movies so thank god yeah i know what i'm coming down the sequel it exists yeah yeah i'm going to watch it yeah no this was a good goddamn time i would 100% 100% rewatch this movie. I loved yeah. the main character. <laughs> Did anybody else watch the trailer I uh, shared for uh, Wheelchair Werewolf? Hmm. Did you not watch that? Okay. I, I shared that. <laughs> this trailer in our group just to set up Wolf Cop for Maddie. Um, but it's called Wheelchair Werewolf. <laughs> if you have not seen it, it's buried in our group somewhere. You should go check it out. It's a lot of fun. It's just a trailer. It's like a two-minute trailer. Yeah, no, that was that was a good pick. That is exactly the kind of trash that I live for. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Well, you want to jump into villain versus villain? Maddie, pick a couple villains. First contender, Billy the Puppet from Saw. How drunk was I when I Ooh. made these? 
and Freddie Freddy Krueger from Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, well. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> um, Duh. I'll, I'll, I'll jump in here first. Did Billy actually do anything outside of narrate the kills or what was happening in the situation? I don't, I can't remember. You know, I feel like at one point they tried to make him more than he was, but. Freddy Krueger, no contest. I mean, do you guys want me to pick a different one? Because that was stupid. Okay, yeah, maybe maybe pick a different one out of the hat, Maddie. Let's yeah, keep, that was let's let's keep Freddy Krueger for a moment, we'll keep, though. Yeah, we'll keep, yeah Freddy. keep Freddy. Yeah, Freddy versus Samara from the Ring. Ooh, okay. There we that go. That one I could get behind. <laughs> I mean, You're so like... disgusting. <laughs> She's like what? twelve. Hot. Oh my bad. Sorry. And dead. <laughs> <laughs> kind of waterlogged. Dead girls don't say no. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, Patrick, do you have a sensor button? Or dead deer, by the way. Uh, that was horrible. Uh, you picked the movie. Don't give me that face. <laughs> I didn't pick the no, movie. No, Josh had oh. the face. <laughs> Look, I did absolutely no fucking research on that movie before I picked it. So, yeah, good thanks. Call. Good call. All right, so You're it's welcome. Freddy versus Sam- uh, Samara. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think it depends on which movie I'll, I'll go Freddy Krueger's in, tell you the truth. Go ahead, Greg. I, I disagree. I, Freddy Krueger, I think, has got the market on one of the best horror villains of all time. You haunt somebody in their dreams, you can kill them in their dreams. How do you beat that? You literally cannot fall asleep, otherwise you die. And you have to fall asleep. So you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. I mean, you've got the market cornered right there. Uh, Samara's a great character. I mean, all the people watching their televisions and all that. But you still have to watch a tape before she comes around. So I, I, I roll forward with Freddy. I'm, yeah, I'm going to go forward with Freddy, too. I mean, I think that whole concept of the whole you die after you watch this movie thanks Josh um, has been <laughs> you know I think that's so iconic and it's something really interesting but like Freddy is just such a fantastic character I love his sassy self it's great like and like who I want to get killed by sassy Freddy some waterlogged dead bitch like I want to go down fighting <laughs> you know so Freddy's my winner for me there's there's two faces of Freddy there's like the more serious Freddy and then the Freddy who cracks every joke under the sun. And I like I like the more serious Freddy just because I don't like the, the jokey tongue-in-cheek look at the camera and wink killer. So if it's a serious Freddy, he definitely wins. If it's a joking Freddy, I would lean towards Samara. All in all, as an iconic character, Freddy hands down over Samara. Kind of like Greg, hands down over Samara. <laughs> um yeah so oh um, we're getting kicked off yeah um, facebook is like fbi's coming we, we, we just got the red flag <laughs> we're on our way out folks sorry josh no that's oh, cool man. man like it's all good i'll just sit here and wait to get kicked off facebook no big deal <laughs> um <laughs> So for me, they both have really cool backstories and backgrounds. I'm not going, this isn't like for me, like, I don't know, like I like the the, the Freddy Krueger character, but for me, I remember the first reaction I had when Samara crawled out of that fucking TV. 
and the feeling I had when I watched that for the first time and the feelings I had after that whenever I'd wake up and there would be snow on my television. So for me, character-wise, I'm going to go with Samara. I enjoy a good Nightmare on Elm Street movie. I really do. But um, I'm going to go Samara for my character. And I'm not going to try and talk I'm not going to try and talk you out of it, but it, it comes down to did you watch the 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 tape or didn't you? And if you know no, you didn't it, watch the tape, then you're still fine. But I, I get where you're coming from. But if you if you go by that tape, that tape, like um, for Freddy Krueger, he only haunted children of Elm Street. You know what I mean? So if you didn't grow up on, on Elm Street, you were it's the same. You, you were safe. Tape. You're not fucked. You're fine. If but that tape, people can make copies of that tape. That tape can get sent to the next person to the next state. That tape can end up on YouTube, and people are like, what is that thing? It happened in the New Ring movie. So, uh, and then it's a whole viral thing, and, you know, like everybody's watching it. So that tape can spread like wildfire to anywhere. Freddy's limited to... No, I thought he evolved from other people, or not just Elm Street and some of the further movies. I mean, yeah, he eventually did, but his initial, like... His initial blast on uh, for the first one was he was going after the parents of uh, the kids the on kids, from, El- uh, from Elm, Elm Street. Street. Yeah, no, I yeah, I got that. And after that, and I'm not yeah. I'm not trying to discount where you're where you're coming from because you have a, a great point on that. You know, I remember the first time I saw The Ring, and it's it was a fucking terrifying movie, especially for an American remake of a Japanese horror film. Right, but yeah, I don't know. That's just who I'm going with. So um, speaking of haunted tapes. Yeah, let's talk about the speaker. <laughs> What's Greg way? Um, I'm I'm actually really excited to talk about this movie, and am excited to hear everybody's thoughts on this film. But uh, before we start, so we picked a. Um, I'm not going to say we because if everybody shits on it, I picked a film called Antrim, <laughs> uh, the deadliest film ever made, and. Patrick, you have deets. I, I have the deets, but I have a question for everybody here. Had anybody seen this prior to it being suggested? No. Okay, so that's two weeks in a row that, that we were virgins on this on the movies. Very proud of us. Yeah. What, Our that's, pure virgin selves. That makes what happens to us. That's uh, what COVID-19 does to us. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Antrim, the deadliest film ever made, is a 2018-2019 film running about an hour 35, showing on Amazon Prime. Enveloped in a documentary, Antrim is a film from the late 1970s that is said to be cursed. Claiming that Antrim has previously killed almost everyone that has watched it, the documentarians claim to have found the only surviving copy. Shown in its entirety, Antrim is about a young boy and his sister that enter the woods to dig a hole to hell in order to rescue the boy's dog. Instead, they open a door to terror. IMDb, 5.8. Metacritic score rating, not available. Rotten Tomato critic score, 75%, with a Rotten Tomatoes audience score of 56%. Josh, why'd you pick this? <laughs> yeah, Josh, why'd you pick? So He's tired uh, of us. He wants all of us to die. <laughs> no, so, so I originally picked Satanic Panic, because that was in my queue, and I didn't know if anybody had seen it yet. So uh, Patrick had seen it, so the next one in my queue was Antrim. And so I just kind of went through films I already had saved, and Antrim was was next up. But it's also, if you you read the synopsis of that film, 
it's it's I mean a boy and his and, and a girl dig a hole to hell. That just sounded really fucking cool to me. And I was like, where could that possibly go? So I just straight thought, down. Uh, I know, right? Straight <laughs> down. Um, so I just thought the 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 synopsis and everything sounded really cool. Beyond that, I didn't do any research. I was like, I who's who's seen this? Nobody great. Let's go. So thoughts, questions, comments, concerns. Um, I'll go ahead and start. A spoiler alert, because this movie's fairly new. So if anyone, I I want to spoil this regardless. Okay. I mean, okay, either cool. yeah. Okay. Warning, well, then. yeah. Warning. Here's your spoiler warning. Um, first of all, this movie is not goddamn filmed in the '70s. Like, let's let's put that to bed right now. Uh, yeah, it's not. I have to say though. So if you boil this movie down, like if you take the documentary off the the documentary off the front part and just right. focus on the movie it is a mediocre ass movie but with all of the sh- like apprehension and shit before and all the marketing they did and all the like weird little shit they put in that it elevates this it's so Blair Witch because Blair Witch if you kind of like boil down from all the marketing that's not a great movie neither is Antrim if you just kind of like focus <laughs> on the uh <laughs> that little the actual movie it's kind of like let's say you had a presentation in high school and this kid came in with a fucking poster board and there's glitter on it that thing is beautiful and then he gets up there and starts reading his paper and he's like the president of china is a chinese man and you're all like what <laughs> so like <laughs> The core part of this movie is not great. Like, the acting's not very good. The, it's kind of boring. But, like, because they've put that, like, fake documentary on the beginning, and they've put all that, like, there's a lot of psychology that went into this movie, because there's, like, just barely audible sound throughout all of it, which is kind of a little tension-inducing. And the only reason I heard it was because I had the subtitles on, and it just said eerie music across the thing, like, 90 <laughs> And then there's just the little, like, the flashes of just shenanigans and subliminal stuff, like, throughout the movie. And then there's, um, like, just stuff kind of out of the corner of your eye that kind of all makes this movie, like, you have some level of anxiety watching it just because there's a lot of, like, what, what, did I miss that? But as I said, if you take all that away, it's not great. But they did a really, really just fantastic job, like, putting all that in there so i don't know if they like sat around and said hey do you guys want to make a mediocre movie and see how far we can push this or if they just kind of like watched the original movie and were like oh we didn't do so great but let's market the shit out of this (laughs) so yeah uh, that alone kind of just made it really hard to determine if this was a good movie or not so I'm kind of conflicted about this movie, to be honest, because I'm like, on one hand, they, like, took it there. And I know goddamn well this movie wasn't circulating since the 70s, because I am a dumb bitch, and I would have been looking for this shit, like, way before 2018, 2019, if this was a thing. So, I mean, they did a great job on all that, but, yeah, makes it hard to really nail down if I liked this movie or not. Cool. Patrick, Greg? Yeah, for me, this was a really strange mix of genres because there was the documentary aspect of it. And then there was the, I don't, it's not even quite found footage, but the fact that they said that they found the footage and Mm -hmm. that somebody possibly doctored it up. Right. 
So is it found footage? Is it not? Because it was actually a film. It wasn't live footage. Yeah. So, but right. they, but it still kind of had that found footage feel to it. And it also reflected back on a lot of movies that preceded it. There was, there was the Blair Witch feel to it. There was the As Above, So Below. There was Cigarette Burn. There was The Ring. There was The Forest. I think there was just a lot of elements from different movies in this movie, which touched on a lot of urban legends that those movies were based on. So I'm not sure if they were trying to rest on the laurels of somebody else's successes or if they did this on their own and it was all happenstance. I agree with you, Maddie. The marketing behind it was probably the better part of it than the movie itself. Yeah. When you'd say it's the deadliest movie ever and that it's based on a movie that people have died from watching, which gives you the cigarette burns feel to it. You know, of course that piques your interest, but it also gives you that Netflix Karen review where if it's the deadliest movie ever, oh, is it really? Tiffany, Tiffany, Tiffany. Tiffany, that's what it was. <laughs> I did really appreciate, once again, the, the huge reference to Dante's Inferno, much as I did in As Above, So Below. What they didn't cover in when they were labeling the levels, they were covered with the characters of Hoxie and Cassius, the two uh, rednecks. What Were they yeah. Russian rednecks? I couldn't tell what language they were speaking. I was having trouble determining that. Um, yeah. From the Netflix subtitles, it said Eastern European dialects. So. Okay. Well, I, I was assuming that it was Russian because all of the credits were in Russian, which was another really bizarre thing because most of the movie was in English, but the credits were in Russian. I thought there were some really nice touches to it. Like basically Antrim, the word Antrim actually means doorway to hell. When they were finding the tokens of the people that had committed suicide and there was that big sign at the beginning when they were walking into the forest that basically said, you need to value life. Please reconsider what you're doing. Again, that was more of a reference back to the movie, The Forest. I felt they did a pretty good job of making the movie look older, the actual movie within the documentary. Mm-hmm. They, they did a pretty good job setting it with lots of yellows and tans. They could have done a lot more to age the film. There were some things that I thought was just a little too sharp at times or that it just didn't, I didn't see enough scratches or dust and then once again, I just had that thing about, I didn't understand why the main characters were speaking English while the rednecks were speaking Russian. And I really dug the metal statue of Baphomet that they were using as the, as the human oven. That was pretty cool. cool. Yeah, that, that was, was cool. awesome. So, I mean, overall, I kind of I dug this movie. Is it outstanding? Mm-hmm. No, but I, I kind of dug it. It was worth the watch. Right. Greg? Patrick, you you made a really astute observation at the beginning of this. Of uh, this felt like the the highlight reel of all the great horror movies that have come out prior to this, and I think that kind of really gives you what this movie is. And it is it's confused. There are about ten minutes of decent content in here, and it's five to seven minutes at the beginning, and as credits are rolling at the end. The actual film that you get to watch, I, I really appreciated the, the recreation of the 1970s look. It felt 1970s. It was gritty. It was raw. And I definitely appreciated that. But if I had to sum this up with one statement, I fell asleep at 11 o'clock this afternoon. I fell asleep watching this movie. I don't know that I can say much more than that. The characters weren't interesting. The story had its moments. It felt like, I, I definitely felt a lot of As Above, So Below in this. I felt a lot of Pet Cemetery in this. Maybe that was just the beginning of it. I don't know. I, it's, 
it was it was confused and i i just i could not i couldn't grasp anything out of this movie it just it did not drag me on to anything worth watching and when i eventually woke up from it yeah they were they were locked in the cages and i thought finally something interesting nope not a whole lot so for me it wasn't it, this it wasn't a movie for me it was just the story that didn't jive with me again it looked great and i i actually wanted more out of the documentary of the film because they set it up really really nicely to what this movie was going to be about and i maybe that raised the bar too high for me a little bit i don't know so even though you fell asleep did you end up watching the entire movie no okay no i i fell asleep let's see i'm trying to remember the last scene that i watched they were what were they doing i think it was after the second layer i think and then i woke up and they were in the uh no they were uh they were in the forest they were hiding from the two russian rednecks and the guy had the gun and somebody ran out and he shot them or I don't know. I was kind of groggy at that point, but then I was fully coherent. They were locked in cages and that's about where I'm at. So I don't know how much of that I missed. Okay. Yeah. I mean, everybody's kind of pretty much hit everything, you know, noteworthy on, on the head. I definitely, when I started watching the movie and five minutes in the movie, that documentary was still playing. I was like, Oh fuck, these guys are going to kill me. I picked the documentary. They're going to be pissed. So I, I almost texted everybody there and was like, hey, guys, don't watch this. I'm going to pick something else. It's a documentary. But I stuck with it. The documentary part is really cool. Um, I really dug the whole documentary part at the beginning of uh, the film. And I, I actually dug most of the movie. Is it, it runs really slow. It, it drags for sure. But like, kind of like Maddie said, like, with the flashes of different like shots in there, and the, the noise undertones and everything, something just kind of keeps you locked into that, that movie. <clears throat> Not so much like as to what is going on in the moment, but like what is going to happen next. That's kind of what I kept uh, kind of hanging on to was, oh, they're going to keep digging. What's going to happen when they keep digging? There's a couple spots in the movie I didn't think were really necessary, I guess. I didn't really understand the, like I get the suicide forest part of it, but the guy that went into the forest that they found that was getting ready to kill himself and then they the found him and then guy, yeah. he did it. Like I was like, well, did we really, we didn't really need that in there. Right. So I don't know. There's a couple of spots in there. I was like, that was, I don't, I, th I thought they could have cut that could have cut this movie back and, and tightened it up a little bit, but um, they ended up finding that guy. He was in the oven, right? Yeah. He was in the oven. Yeah. Okay. Um, so there ended up being a point to him at the, you know, at the end of it, but, um, but yeah, they, they ended up putting him in the oven. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. Everybody's kind of, kind of hit on all the, the cool notes. Cigarette burns was a hundred percent. The film that I was, uh, hanging on to when I was watching this movie of cigarette burns and as above, so below were the only two real films I kind of attached to the movie. Uh, I got, I got the, uh, Blair witch basically from the marketing, but also when they tried to right. escape and they ended up back where they started. Right. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. That's there. But yeah, I mean, I guess I don't. I, I it's for me, it was worth a one watch. Um, I enjoyed it. I don't know, just knowing what happens and everything, if that's a rewatchable movie at all. I might watch it again just to see if there was any like subliminal thing that I missed because I felt like at one point I was just like looking for it. But now I kind of want to go back and like rewatch and like look for it from the beginning right there was a, a piece at the end where they went through and kind of showed you what that 
uh, mark was or whatever, or what that symbol was. They kept flashing throughout the movie. And there's like a back end documentary too at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. So yeah, because within that that back end documentary, they talked about the sound, how like something ran at 500 megahertz and something, and the other side was at 504. So that always kept the, you off kilter when you're okay, listening yeah. to something where the sound is a bit different. Uh, they talked about that symbol that they kept flashing. I think they said it was like 173 times it showed in yeah. the movie. Yeah. And that it was the symbol of a specific demon. Mm-hmm. It was that, I thought the documentary aspect was really interesting and props to those actors because you see those faux documentaries and you know it's fake because the actors can't handle the science that they're talking about. And I thought these actors did a really nice job of, of representing what they were telling. And I almost think that this would have been better as a documentary about about real found footage instead of a movie. Right. And, and interspersed that footage within the documentary and still saying that this is one of the most deadly because anybody who's seen this found footage has perished. And that's why they're not showing you the whole thing in its entirety. This actually kind of reminded me, there was a series on, and I can't remember what the original channel was. I think you can find them on YouTube now, but it's called the lost tapes. And this basically what this movie is, is like a, or what that series was was like a documentary around these obviously fake tapes, but it was kind (laughs) of the same thing. So I wonder if they kind of drew anything off of that. Yeah, possibly. Because I said that's basically what that was. Yeah, they definitely had some heavy uh, influences that they they mixed in to that movie. What did you think of the acting overall? For the ages, like and having two basically two people carry that whole film, I thought they did a really great job. I thought the boy was really good. Yeah, uh, I I kind of thought they were a little flat, but I think that kind of went along with some like old 70s movies that I've seen. You know what I mean? Like, but maybe I've it seen, was purposeful? Yeah, like maybe they did it on purpose because like I've seen some kind of like older indie-ish movies from the 70s and I would kind of describe the acting as basically this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I had a little bit of a worry that the boy, because I, I got a little bit of a, a sense that he was going to be as annoying as the kid from the Babadook. I thought that too. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, God, please, I can't watch an hour and a half of that again. I know. I was like, this movie better kill me if this kid is going to be that freaking obnoxious. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But he was definitely, he was better. Instead, the the older girl with them, I thought she did a really good job. She had a lot to carry. So. Yeah. I I also kind of felt like they could have pushed it either in the writing or the representation that when she finally admits to the boy that she made all this shit up, I kind of wanted that to be a twist instead of just really making it to me. It was pretty obvious all the way through that she made this up just so that she could make him think his dog went to heaven and not to hell. Well, intermixing in the the nightmares he was having also, I thought was Mm -hmm. really cool. Some of the imagery from the nightmares they're showing I thought it was really cool that they put that in there. I, I kept wishing that one Russian guy would put some fucking pants on. I remember that. <laughs> that was the worst. Him calling that deer. For what he was doing, his whitey tidies were way too clean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just every time he came on screen, I was like, somebody get that guy a pair of pants. Right? Uh, I was like, I why? Why? 
why? It was his character. I mean, he was fucking wearing antlers as well. Weirdness for weirdness sake. Yeah. I was like, I was like, is that Nick Cage from Mandy? Jesus Christ, put some bands on. <laughs> I found my Halloween costume if we ever can leave the <laughs> And then Steve could be a dead deer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he shot me down when I asked if he'd be Jim Jones and I could be the Kool-Aid man. So I don't think he would take it to this level. <laughs> All right, should we rate this movie really quick? Yeah, let's. Um, so we rate on the fear factor, the gore score, and the overall. See, I got it. It only you got took it. me nearly a year to figure that one out. <laughs> um, uh, so let's start with fear factor. This is a hard one because it's – I'll give it like a three – or four because it's not scary but they put so much effort into like making it unsettling yeah. that like I gotta give them props for it okay. I, w- I would agree with that this is a uh, this is a perfect example of what you create in your mind is a lot more terrifying than what you're gonna watch on screen and they set it up to be something that could have been pretty ter- like I was nervous going into this about what they were gonna do and I think I set the bar too high for myself so I, I will give him a three on Fear Factor just because it sets you up getting ready to see something that could truly scare you in your sleep. I'm going to keep it pretty low, probably at a two, just because the movie that they watch in the ring was more unsettling to me than the feature of Antrim. So I'm going to keep that. it at a two. Yeah. I agree with that. I'm yeah. going to go, and just hear me out, I'm going to go with a five. And here's why I'm going with a five. This movie was not scary, but Greg pointed out the reason why I would go with that number. And that number is because that movie makes you live inside your head. And everything in here is a hell of a lot scarier than anything out there. And just the unnerving of it, the uh, how unnerving it is, and the setup at the beginning, I just feel like that five number... Stuff, there's imagery and there's stuff in that film and there's background in that film that made me, is it, it, stuck with me. So, I'm gonna go with the pipe. Yeah, I'll be honest, like when I just first looked up this movie and it like, first comes up and says all this curse shit, I was kinda like god damn it, Josh. But then I realized <laughs> we've been stuck inside for six weeks watching a flamboyant redneck tiger keeper, so someone's been watching this movie to curse our asses anyway, so I don't think it's that big of a deal. Well, isn't there a series on Shudder like, called Curse Films or something I've like that? I've been watching that, yeah. It's um, it's a documentary. Oh. Really it's cool. A, it's, it's multiple documentaries, though, isn't it? Because doesn't every film have its own... Yeah, episode, and there's like five yeah. episodes. I think yeah. I'm on episode like three or four, but no, it's super, super cool. Definitely recommend checking it out. Cool. Uh, gore score? Zero. No, one, I guess we can't give it a zero because yeah. a bitch should be before. <laughs> one, there's no gore in this. There's like some blood splattering on some trees somewhere. Cool. I, I don't know that I could. I can give it a high gore. Sh- well, no, let me back up and what I want to say here. I'm going to give it a, a three. Not for gore sense, but for the imagery that's on there. And the deer the, fucking. That would be a good one. The uh, the the demon statue of Bathmat, I think, is pretty terrifying or could be terrifying to some people. So I'll, uh, I'll set on a three. Did you say Bathmat? Yes, Bathmat. <laughs> oh, okay. Nope, it's Bathmat. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> okay. The demon Bathmat. <laughs> Wolfcock. Wolfcock. Uh, 
Patrick. You know, it's it's pretty low for me. Uh, again, I think the things that had the most gore in it were the little cut scenes that were put in of the man and woman laying on the bathroom floor or whatever that was. Yeah, what was that? I don't know because I didn't really tie in with anything else. So it was, I mean, that had the most blood and that was in black and white. So it's probably about a two for the gore score. One, two and one one and a two. I was going to go with two. So, uh, and then overall, you know, I recommend I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to rate this movie actually relatively high overall. I'm going to give it like a six, seven, just because honestly, like they nailed this marketing like, and I already did recommend it to someone, and they're like, "What is it?" And I was like, "It's a cursed movie." And they're like, "Oh, no, thank you." But um, yeah, I'll I'll give it. Yeah, I'll give it a six. As I said, they really tried, and I think what they did was cool. But I mean, the the meat of the movie was not what I would consider great. Gregory, I'm gonna sit on a three, and I, I think the movie is. If you want to check it out, check it out. I probably won't recommend it. For me, it's just, it's confused about what it wants to be, and it kind of sits in the weirdness for weirdness sake section. So, for me, it's a three. Cool. Patrick? Yeah, it's, it's I liked it better than I liked, what was that one? The the, the TV's come alive. Away oh, for further instructions. instructions? Yeah. Which I feel has been, like, the baseline of every fucking movie for, like, the last four or five weeks. It, it has been. been. <laughs> well, that was it, because I had to, I had to put it in between. It was last week. I had to put it in between how I rated the void and await further instructions, and that's kind of how I feel on this one. So I've got to give it another five point five. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna agree with Maddie. I'm gonna go with a six. Uh, there's a a lot of things about the film that I really enjoyed. I yeah. I mean, I I said the documentary and the the idea behind it. I thought was was really great. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with a six. Would you recommend yes, it to a friend? Yes, I would recommend that to people. I would at least talk about it with yeah. people. I would, you know I I would do that too. I would do that too. Have a conversation with them about it. This kind of reminds kinda... me of the like bullshit I kind of wanted to pull in my old apartment because like there was like a little like trap door in the closet and I kind of wanted to film some like creepy bullshit and leave it in there <laughs> just for like shenanigans sake. So like I feel like I'm on the same wave level with these people. Just doing bullshit, bullshit sake. I think this is a good movie to refer to for examples of things. Like, like if I were to be writing something, go back to this and say, how how did they handle this here? And oh, let's push that a little bit further. So I think it was structured well in my head. So I should probably rate it higher than I did, but I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Should we do plugs? Do we have any? Uh, really, it's just Patrick's plug. So. Yeah. Should we do should we do plug? Plug. <laughs> sure. So if you're a fan of the Midnight Fright Cast and uh, hey, we know that you are, make sure that you head on over to iTunes or whatever platform you happen to be listening to us on and make sure that you rate and review us. Also, you can find us out. Find us out. Jesus Christ, why am I having so many problems with this lately? <laughs> Go out and get some sun. You need some vitamin D. I do. I do. Yeah, I need the D, Patrick. I do need the D. <laughs> You can also find us on all the social medias. Just make sure to search for Midnight Fright Cast. And then finally, check out our films at midnightfrightfilms.com. Cool. Uh, well, if there's nothing else, then for uh, Maddie and Greg and Patrick and myself, 
This was episode number 79 of the Midnight Frightcast. We will see you next week as long as Facebook doesn't kick us off. Don't get your hopes up. Bye, guys.